Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. So hello, everybody, and welcome to this very, very special episode of Business Growth Secrets. Your host, Adam Stott here. Got a brilliant guest with us today, somebody that I grew up watching and somebody that I'm sure you're going to be aware of and I'm sure you're going to know, and that is none other than Mr. Motivator. So welcome on, Mr. Motivator. How are you doing? You know what? I am doing so well. In fact, I'm actually quite tired because this last 18 months has been so busy. And I don't even feel like I'm coming out of it. But it's a good feeling because, you know, it's best to be employed than not, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So really glad to have you on. Looking forward, looking forward to our chat. And obviously, many people listening might have grown up watching you on TV. You know, your, your massive character and, and all your workouts. But what I want to do on today's chat is kind of get behind it, get to know you a little bit, get to know your, a bit of your story and how you come to rise to fame and in your work on TV and the things that you did and going around motivating people. And of course, being that we've got a business audience that loves being motivated, love being inspired, it'd be great to get some tips off you on that as well. So do you want to be able to tell us a little bit about your background, you know, where you've come from, the things that you've done, you know, and how you came to kind of succeed in the way you did? It's going to be quite difficult to paraphrase my life of uh, (laughs) nearly 70 years in a short period of time. But just suffice to say, that, uh, you know, life gives you lots of challenges, takes you in many directions. And I've never been afraid of making a decision. I've never worried about what's, what the outcome might be. I've just got on with it. And then I believe in myself. So if I make a decision to go left and it doesn't work out, well, then I pick myself up, dust myself off and go the other way. And my life has been a sequence of events, often led by the need to put food on the table. So I did whatever I had to do, whether it was stacking shelves in Tesco's or cleaning out CNA and probably mentioning store groups that you don't even know, or sweeping the floors of um, British home stores and stuff like that. And I worked originally, I remember back in 1974, for a company called um, Argos. And in fact, I was involved with setting up the very first Argos store. I I was a stock controller in those days. And stock control took me all over the place. But, you know, I was born in Jamaica. Came to the UK in 1962, lived in Leicester, and then I got deported from Leicester when I was seven, when I was 20. Ended up in Northwest London. That's how come I worked for uh, Green. It was a company called Green Shield Stamps at the time, and the owner set up was called Mr. Richard Tompkins, and then he set up Argus Distributors. And so the experiences they gave you in those days, which was to teach you everything there is to know about stock control, marketing, selling, distribution, production. Those were invaluable education, and they'd send you away on all these different courses, which gave you a kind of foundation stone that later on you realize the importance of knowing all those things. 
and I went from there and I worked for a company called Rank Hovis McDougall, which was the people who do all the Biro flour and McDougall's flour and Saxo Salt and Sharwoods. And again, the experience of being in stock control went to that company. And that led me to actually learn more about marketing and selling and the importance of how you market yourself. And jumping around a bit, quite a bit, I mean, I went through stages of being out of work. I went through stages of being homeless, one-parent family. I did all that. But at the end of the day, I realized, you know, that you have a choice in life. You can either work hard, and if you do, good things will come. But en route, be kind and be considerate to other people because you never know who you're going to meet. And, you know, never look down on anybody because one day you could be the person looking up. So embracing all those things, which I've always done. So I've always tried to, in my life, if I ask someone how they are, wait around to find out how they are. And, and that way, you never know where it might lead and who might end up being the person who reaches down and give you a hand. And then from Rankhovis McDougall, I went on to do all kinds of different jobs. I mean, at one time I was running a building company. I was doing everything. I mean, it just didn't matter to me because the driving force was that I didn't really have a particular direction. I was really just thinking about survival. How do I put food on the table? How do I keep a roof over our head? How do I ensure that, you know, at least I could keep my daughter, who was a, I was a single parent, how could I ensure that I keep her in all the things that she needs as a young girl? And then as a hobby, I used to do a lot of things like karate and basketball. And then one day I was in a leisure center in Northwest London, actually in Harrow. And I could hear all this noise coming from this corridor. And I wandered down the corridor and Lo and behold, when I peeped through the windows, they must have thought, what a peeping Tom. When I peeped through the windows, right, there were what seemed like about 100, 125 people exercising. And they were doing what was called pop mobility. And, you know, I was transfixed. I think every one of us, uh, Adam, have that kind of light bulb moment. You know, that moment of realization when this feels right, like you're in the right space. And often when you're in that space, it's all cloudy around you. You still can't see clearly where you should be going, but you know that there's some fuel there. And if I can embrace that fuel, it can give me the driving force to make me and drive me. And so I was transfixed. And every week I kept going back and sitting at the back of the class. There were no men in it. And I was watching these ladies exercising. And then one day I just thought, let me speak to two ladies at the front. Would you mind running some classes for me? Which they said, yes, they would. And turned out to be mother and daughter. And they said, where are you going to hold it? I said, well, I don't know yet, but I'll come back to you. I ran around and I found a new hall that was being built in Neasden Lane and rented it and set up my own classes called Derek Evans Classes. And these two ran the classes for me. Nice. And every Tuesday we were there and the numbers kept growing. And after about two months, I decided I didn't need them. I'd learned enough from what they were doing. I could do it myself. So I started running these classes and they became really popular. The, it started spreading all over the place. And I was doing, I had to go into another school hall for another evening where I was getting at, at least 125 people in there on a Tuesday evening, men and women, right? Mm -hmm. No lycra in those days. We were shorts and on a cold day, it was cold. Mm -hmm. but, but again, here was the fuel that was fueling me. And I don't know what it is that was driving me forward, but I felt all of a sudden that I was in a space where number one, I was enjoying myself. Yes. Yeah, two, I felt an affinity with all the people I was dealing with. So serving the customer, looking after them became the byword. And after all, these are things I'd learned, you know, yeah, after my previous work, right? And then the importance of marketing came into play. And, you know, I'll always remember, I think it was Henry Ford who says that the man who doesn't advertise is a bit like the man who turns off his lights so that he can save money. 
Yeah. Right. And and I think it's it it that resonated with me. And I thought, you know, you know what, I need to find a way of marketing myself better so that way people would get known wide and far who I am. And so I, I kept floundering around and then eventually I get a call out the blue saying that Gloria Honeyford had a Sunday television show and she wanted someone to do some fitness on the show. So I thought, oh, opportunity here. So got in touch with the producer, spoke to them, and they said, yeah, Gloria wants to have about 12 guys exercising in the studio. Could you do it? I said, yes. So I managed to round up about 12 mates, went into the station, did the exercise slot. She said, look, would I like to train her afterwards because it went down so well? And very quickly, where did we end up? I ended up training her. She introduced me to Eamon Holmes. Eamon Holmes used to work for the morning show. And so it goes on until one day I managed to blag my way into the studios. And after seeing a guy walking in through the door with a, with a large belly, I prodded him in the belly. I found out later on he was the program controller of GMTV. That didn't stop me. I pushed my bike in his office. He, uh, the next day I went to him and I said, you need to start exercising. I managed to convince him to start exercising. He gave me loads of reasons why he shouldn't. And then we, um, after that, he said, look, we must get you on television. And then the advertiser said, no, a black man doing fitness on television would never work. It had to be a white lady with two kids. But I kept on persevering, kept on trying. And then in the end, they gave me the opportunity when the person doing fitness on television was going away for two weeks. They gave me the opportunity in 1993, the August. And the rest, as we know, is history. Awesome. So really, a lot of that, you know, if you break that down for people who are listening to the story, a lot of it really comes down to relationship building. It sounds like you did a really good job of building yeah. the relationships with the right people and taking opportunities. It's more seizing opportunities, you know, because they say opportunity knocks at the door but once, whilst disappointment leans on the doorbell. And so you've <laughs> really got to listen out carefully for that opportunity and seize it. And to be honest, I have, ever since that day, embraced that principle. I don't believe that anyone owes me anything. So I, I don't wait for my ship to come in. What I do is I, I swim out to it. I'm determined always to be succeeded no matter Sounds what. Like I you created it. You know, the way you tell that story is like you created the opportunities as well because, yes. you know, you, were, you, you knew that there was something there, but you didn't, you kept on, you had that position. Yeah. You went out yes. and it happened, didn't you? Which is awesome. Yes. And, right. And I think that's what all of us have to do. You know, yeah. very often, most of us are afraid of making decisions, right? Yeah. We worry about what's around the corner, right? But the, people don't realize that if you're sitting here looking straight ahead, the only people who see you are either the people up ahead who look behind or someone maybe off to your right a little bit who may see you. But when you turn left and you've made a decision to turn left, there's a whole brand new breed of people who didn't know you existed around the corner. So you're creating opportunities to be seen. And also you're creating opportunities and a platform for you to talk about what you're strongest in. And I embrace myself in the subject of fitness and health and well-being to make sure there's no one else who does what I do. Because, I mean, I am forever busy with companies doing talks doing movement to music for their staff. This last 18 months have been the busiest I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. I've been working with a major tech company every morning. I was doing for quite a while last year. We're at four o'clock in the morning. I transmit to Singapore, India, Australia, 11 o'clock into Europe, 10 o'clock into the States. They've just rebooked me again. And the measure of how well you're doing is if you get rebooked. Yeah, of course. And if they spread the word on mm -hmm. to other people. Right. And, and so that's how my work has been built up. It's all on recommendation. And I say that to everybody. You've got to think about what footsteps you're leaving behind. Those footsteps are really critical. And so whatever you do, right, make sure that it's got 
a certain standard to it. Make sure that people look up to it. Make sure that people want to learn from what you've done. Make sure that people want to stop you in the road and go, listen, Mr. Jones, Mr. Stock, I want to talk to you. Tell me, how did you get where you got to? Right? Give me the secret, right? And if you do that, then we end up inspiring people because every person's life story can be an inspiration to others. Right? Awesome. Every person's life story can be an inspiration. Awesome. And yeah. how did that impact you? So after you actually on that journey, you got yourself onto TV, yeah. you started going out there, you started inspiring people. And like you said, you were saying pretty much that at the time you didn't fit the model. You know, you were told that you didn't fit the model and you went out and you did it anyway. Sure. What impact did that have? Because I think a lot of people don't realize the kind of impact and the change that having that kind of mass media can create. What, what changed for you then? Well, well you know? number one, you know, there's no saying, right, that um, obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off your goal, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted success. I wasn't going to let anything get in the way. So if you tell me no, that just basically is a fuel to make me prove otherwise. Yeah. I didn't, no one could have planned with me the kind of impact that Mr. Motivator would have. No one. Because there was no school you went to. There's no one who said, let me sit you down and tell you what's going to happen. From now on, it means that you can't go into a restaurant and just eat in peace. And even to this day, I go into a restaurant to eat and I'm either there for hours more than I should be because people either want photographs. Or, but I believe in making time for people because if you have made the time to come over to me to embrace me and to say, I like you. Who am I to all of a sudden go, well, I'm not available. I'm sorry, I don't do that now. No, no, I don't do it. I make time for everybody. But the thing is, you know, the station when I joined GMTV, they were at the bottom of the ratings and there was something magical about what I did. Now, I haven't analyzed it and I wouldn't dare try and analyze it. There was something about what I did that made people tune in. And the result was they went to the top of the ratings. They sent me all around the world. I was literally going from country to country recording items for children, recording fitness. Why do you make people feel, you know, and I think that I remember as a, you know, I watched you as a, as a child, you know, I remember you were on my TV in the background as a child and I always remember it was upbeat. It was fun. It was entertaining. And I always remember you, you brought a lot of energy and that transfers across to the audience. Absolutely right. Adam. I mean, you know, the thing is that I think if whatever you give out in life, you're going to get it back. Without negativity, you're going to get back negative. But I've had to learn. They say, listen, in life, the difference between life and school is a school you're taught a lesson and then given a test. In life, you're given a test which teaches you a lesson. (laughs) And and there are many lessons I've learned en route, right, in terms of how you deal with people, right? And I think the meerkat syndrome you see around the place where someone's talking to you, but they're looking over you like this and see if anyone else is more important. I don't like those people. Because if I have the audacity or the pleasure to be in your company, well, then the least I could do, right, is to actually give you eye contact. But, you know, Mayor Angelou, a great poet, once said that in life, people may forget what you say. They may even forget what you did, but they never forget how you make them feel. Yeah. Right. And that is really important. Right. And for me, as I as I strive and I come into my later life now. I am all about trying to ensure that the nation, our nation, gets fitter and healthier because I know the benefits I'm getting from it every single day. And I train sometimes twice a day. Wow. And why do I do that? It's because I know that I feel good and I want to. I'm 70 next year and I want to make sure that I'm always upright. I want to make sure that I'm always young because you only get old when you stop being young. I'm going to keep that going, right? Absolutely. Because I want to be an example to everyone out there. Absolutely. 
No, I think it's awesome. And, you know, it's definitely a massive lesson for people to, in terms of the fitness, their health. But from a business perspective, I think you're giving some amazing tips there. And it's just the things that people don't necessarily do. And like you said, where do you think that stems from the confidence to kind of go for it for you? Well, the way you described it was it was more from a survival instinct, yes. one, you know, which is interesting. Where does that confidence install from? Because a lot of people wouldn't make those moves, wouldn't make those steps, wouldn't have took those opportunities. How does somebody in sitting at, you know, listening at home on the podcast or watching video, whatever it might be, how do they tap into that confidence in themselves? What would you say? Would you be able to verbalize that, do you think? Well, listen, I mean, it's, it's quite easy. The more you practice doing something, the more it becomes a habit. Mm. You want your teeth and your breath to smell good? You brush your teeth every morning, <laughs> right? You brush it every morning. After a while, it becomes a habit. You would not think of leaving home without brushing your teeth. And if you did, right, en route, you would stop at the shop and you'd buy some toothpaste and a toothbrush and you brush your teeth. That's what you have to do with the lessons that are learned in life. You do it over and over again. I know what it's like to be sad. I know what it's like for things not to work out. But I also know what it's like to be happy. I also know what it's like to feel real good. So on that basis, right, if I have a choice between being sad and happy, I want to be happy. Because there's an old saying again, and I'm sorry I keep coming up with this old oh, saying. Yeah, I love for it. Every one minute that you're sad, you're missing out on 60 seconds of happiness, mm. right? And so if you're given the choice, especially if you've experienced it, if you have experienced sadness, you're then, I'm sure, have experienced happiness. But surely you want to fill your life with more happiness. Same thing with confidence. You want to get confident? You practice being confident, right? You practice dispelling all the negativity. Don't surround yourself with people who don't make you feel good. I have a rule here again, another one of my sayings, right? And that is this. If someone or something does not add value to your life, move on. Get rid of them, right? Because you're wasting your time and your energy. Surround yourself with people that make you feel good. Read books that inspire you and lift you up. You're feeling sad? Get your old photo album out. In fact, no one should have their phone full of pictures. Print them out because your photo album would only ever have good feelings and good times in there. And when you flick through it, those wonderful memories will help you to escape from negativity into a more kind of nice, sensible, relaxing, fun, happy place. And so my confidence comes from making decisions and failing and then learning and then moving on. And also choosing the right things, you know, having that, that conscious awareness, that situational awareness to say, you know what, I'm going to change things. And well, I yeah, yeah. Change is something that we're all frightened of embracing change. And I don't understand why, you know, change, what do they say? The only constant in life is change, right? So therefore make change, but give change a chance. And if you've got staff working for you, or negative, and you're going to have that because you'll have staff who've been there for 20, 30 years. They're setting their ways. You bring new blood in. New blood comes in who's firing on all cylinders, and they want to change, and they want to ramp things up. The old one says, look, we've always done it this way. Why should we change? You have got to say to them, give change a chance. And that means, I tell you what you do. Try it for three months. And after three months, let us meet and talk. I guarantee you won't hear from them. Because what it is, with practicing something new comes a routine. Once it becomes a routine, it becomes a norm. Once it becomes a norm, you forget about how things were. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And putting that change in place. Yes, 
Yes, really important. You know, I mean, I've learned, as I say, I've learned from the University of Life and most things I talk about and I do talks all over the place are experiences that I've had. And when you've been at the lowest point, and the lowest point for me is if you're dependent on the council to give you somewhere to stay for the night, so you're outside a homeless family unit with your daughter on your arm and you're sitting on your suitcase, that is a low point, right? If you're given a bed and breakfast to go and live in, where in fact there are seven families sharing one bathroom and one kitchen, that is a low point. Yeah. But the one thing to learn, that in fact, there are four things to learn, and I'll show you how it all fits in for me. This last 18 months, what's my takeaway? My takeaway from this last 18 months is this. Number one, we've learned how important it is to have a, a roof over our head, how important it is, right, to actually have those four walls around you. Critical. You got a four walls around you and a roof over your head, you're rich. Because I've been where I didn't have that. Yeah. Number two, right? Number two is, do you have food in the fridge? Can you imagine how many people right now don't have the choice that we have in our fridge? When you open that fridge up, can, do you have a choice between, well, you know what? I'll just have a yogurt for now. All right. No, I don't, don't feel like it. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll fry some bacon. Oh, no. You know what? I'm not only bothering that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a drink of milk instead. Isn't that richness? Think how rich that is. Yes, right? that's number two. Number three, do you have your health? Every single business person watching this, yeah. listen to this saying, you've heard it, you've read it. Many a man has sacrificed his health in pursuit of wealth and then spent his wealth trying to regain his health. And all that he found was a grave. Yeah. So that means, here's this take. You're working real hard. You really want to actually do well. You want to have that savings. You want to have that background and everything sitting there so that when you retire, you can really enjoy your retirement. What you must do is make sure that if you spend 60 minutes working, 10% of that time you spend on developing yourself mentally and physically by being active, by being healthy. That's what you got to do. That's the balance, right? And the fourth thing is, is love. If you've got love in your life, you're all right. If you love someone, that's great. If they love you, that's even better. If you don't have someone, <laughs> who, if, you, if you don't have someone that you love or who loves you, look in the mirror and love yourself and just go, you know what? I'm available for love. So that's my takeaway. <laughs> that's my takeaway from this past 18 well, I think that's awesome. Absolutely brilliant. You know, and I think that's four tips that without a shadow of a doubt, our audience can really, really learn from. You know, yeah. I think there's some brilliant stuff there. Thank you so much, Derek. Mr. Motivator, yeah. you know, I should address you by your, uh, you know, your power. MBE. Get yeah. the MBE. MBE. I know, you're an MBE author. You've done tons of amazing things. And, you know, as thank I said, you. it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I want to say a big thank you for me and all my guests. And there's some amazing tips there that's going to help lots of people. Thank you. Be yeah. well. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Adam here. And I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day meeting hundreds of my clients so if you want that to be you then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on itunes please of course do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes peace and love and i'll see you very very soon thank you